And I stood in front of the bees next to their hive. And I said, I want to care for you. I want to, I'm sincere in wanting to bring Mm -hmm. a fullness to your life in any way that I can help. But you have to tell me because I can't find that information Mm -hmm. out in the world that I'm living in. You Mm -hmm. have to know. I did that for six years. Mm -hmm. years, And I, I just continually ask them saying, I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying to figure this out on my own. I'll do anything that you tell me, but you're going to have to tell me. Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. This podcast is part of an online community at solaceandshine.ca. It is a platform for those yearning to remember their true purpose. We are coming to you from Ishtadev Niwas Ashram in the Purcell Mountains of beautiful British Columbia, Canada, within the unceded territory of the Tanaha Nation. The Solace and Shine podcast dives into teachings from the soul's ancestral roots. The teachings are here so that we may embrace the human experience and live it with beauty, courage, and creativity. These teachings will make you want to lean in and shine wholeheartedly together in community. Allow me to introduce to you our host and guide, Sanyasi Shivani. Shivani has worked as a medium and a spiritual teacher for the last 20 plus years. Through her dedicated practice as a renunciate, and a teacher of yoga, she guides community through all aspects of living and embodying spirit through foundations of love, service, yoga ecology, and elevated esoteric teachings. Are you ready to embody your light? Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. Hello, dear friends, this is Chai Tanya, and welcome to the episode where we get to listen to the second part of Sanyasi Shivani's interview with Jacqueline Freeman. I know you've been waiting for this very patiently. Jacqueline is a biodynamic farmer, natural beekeeper, and she is the author of Song of Increase and co-author of What Bees Want. These two books are opening up a whole new world of life and potential for humans. In this episode, we will learn about the healing frequencies of bees and how human potential can evolve if we learn from the consciousness that the bees already are embodying. In Ashram, we aspire to live as the bees do. We will also learn from Jacqueline's living example how to patiently and humbly come to the fulfillment of our dharma. Enjoy the precious wisdom that is being imparted here. One of the other things I wanted to touch on because, and it, and it comes to this droning um, or this frequency. So from a yoga of ecology perspective and from a conscious, a human, human consciousness perspective, um, I am so fascinated by communication as frequency. And there's two things that I, I wanted to touch base with you on in uh, regarding this one is is the um, esophageal heart resonance in relation to the human experience um and and then the medicine of uh addition that's what you call it right the the medicine of addition yes um which is completely yogic in its understanding of how health and balance comes into into being but let's go back to heart resonance first um so it's my understanding that a healthy hive 
will resonate somewhere around the 400 hertz frequency. Is that correct? I've forgotten that, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the human heart resonates at approximately 432. I remember. So, yeah. Yeah. So this to me is, is because we do a lot of sound work here. This to me is just, just everything because within the yogic understanding, the service is coming from the fire and the lower mind and the heart and community, which resonates at 400 to 432 around there um, is unconditional love and interconnectivity, which is what, you know, the super consciousness of the hive really resonates at. And in the heart and the human experience is where we experience attachment and grief. And I've always just thought it was so beautiful how that old, we call it Celtic or English or, or tradition of go tell the bees that I have gone or that somebody has died. To me speaks to when you're in a state of grief to go and sit by a healthy hive and to speak the truth of the changes in the heart that is happening the calibration of the healthy hive actually makes the heart and trains the heart out of the grief. And I just wanted to, to, this is what I perceive. This is what I have absolutely think is beautiful. And have you, have you heard people make those connections before to the calibration or the entrainment out of grief by sitting by the hive and speaking of loss? I know friends who've done that. And I think it's 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 similar to the healthy body, the healthy heart, the healthy mind, uh, all happening at the same time. In Europe, I've I've seen um, structures that people have built that have hives in them, and a person can go and lay down in this. Uh, it's got a screen over it so that the bees are act active in their hive in here, and then there's a a screen with a board with a support and all of the scent is coming off of the bees. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, it's so incredibly fragrant. And the sound is enveloping and there's a small vibration that's happening at the same time. And they use it for healing for mm -hmm. people who are ill to go in, which I would count, you know, grief brings healing as well. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, you can just lay in there. Um, I, I have, one of the places I have is a cluster of bees. I have one, two, three, four, four or five um, beehives all pointing in different directions in a gazebo that we've got up on the land. And sometimes I just go up and just lay in there and let it just surround me. And it just, wow. it's, my mind has oneness at core. It's just, mm -hmm. there's no time for me to be thinking, what am I going to be making for dinner? And you know, mm -hmm. it's just, it's so in the entrainment that happens with it. It's like, I find yeah. my being just goes there. Yeah. And then, and we have a funny thing around the farm because when Jacqueline says she's just going up to the garden, I'll be back in a few minutes. Don't oh. believe because I have to pass <laughs> a number of beehives along the way. <laughs> and I just sit and just close my eyes and listen and, and just breathe with them. And then 45 minutes has passed. <laughs> right. Still and so how close do you sit to your hives when you do that? Like this, right next to them. Like, like just a couple of feet? Sure. 
to the side or oh or do you lean up against the hive to the side or no I don't lean up against it um I've done different things I I and I find just sitting next to them the sound is permeating it just it feels like it comes right into my tissue mm -hmm. and they know you know at first I used to be a little fearful of bees and I can understand with your history why that would be a concern of yours about well are the mm -hmm. bees going to hurt me um and I found over time that when I go into that place with them I, they perceive me like a tree <laughs> you know mm -hmm. they yeah. don't even have any concern about me at all and they fly mm -hmm. they land they'll they'll land sometimes they land on my hands or um I have so many pictures where I'm walking through the garden and my husband will take a picture and I've got 10 bees sitting on my hat riding around. <laughs> so That's <I'm> awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny um, because they, they know that I mean them no harm and I know yeah. that they mean me no harm. And it's in that peaceful mm -hmm. acceptance and acknowledgement of each other that we thrive in each other's company. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I answered your question, but I wandered off. No, no, you, ans you answered it beautifully. One of, um, from an astrological point of view, on a personal level of, of mine, the, that bee experience happened within a couple of months of Pluto moving into Capricorn. And Pluto is one of my most dominant planets. And of course, it's, you know, death and transformation and yada, yada. And as it moved into Capricorn is when the bees happened for me and then of course I became pregnant and blah 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 uh and it was January February this year I got a really strong message um it's it's time to rewrite your relationship to the bees Ooh. and I didn't make the correlation with the astrology straight away that kind of came a little bit after but it's exactly the same time March of when Pluto was moving out of Capricorn for the first time since 2008 um, wow. and into Aquarius. And so I've, I was sitting there going, okay, because understandably, you know, for years, if I heard a fly um, around my head, my nervous system would unconsciously just go straight into fight or flight. Like I couldn't even listen to a fly buzzing. If I heard any kind of bee, I was just, even if I stood still, I was absolutely terrified. I had one bee sting since then, right on the top of my head, and it wiped me out for three days with a fever. Um, it, was, it was really intense medicine, and I haven't had a sting since then. That was sort of 2012, I think. But that's really but, it, that, that you got an acupuncture treatment. I've been stung in the exact same place, very center. What is the acupuncture point that is? It's the I don't gate. know, but it's Sahasrara. It's Sahasrara chakra. It's yeah, it's the, the one that opens to the gut. Yeah, and, and I so I've started going and sitting by the hives almost every day. I sit kind of like four or five feet away, that's sort cool. of like that's to the cool. to the side. But I, I started in the first time I did it, one came and um, I think it came and actually sat on my ear and I took a photo of it, but my <laughs> nervous system was just like, like overwhelmed with fight or flight. And I was like, no, this is, this is a narrative that's no longer going to happen. And um, 
And so every day I have come back and I've sat with the bees and watching the pollen and yada yada and and watching them drag out the ones that didn't make it through the winter and um and slowly slowly i'm like no we're we need i'm i'm now going to come into service oh i love that to the bees and i'm so like inspired and then within like two weeks somebody mentioned your book to me and everything in my body was like I'm going home to buy that book. And I came home <laughs> and I bought the book and it arrived and I just devoured it. And, and now it's actually third on the list for our residency um, reading schedule um, oh, under Braiding Sweetgrass and Tom Brown Jr.'s grandfather. Your book is now on the third of, on the list for anybody who comes does hey, a residence here. here. Yeah. I'm looking for something. Keep keep talking. I'm looking for something to show you. Oh, okay. So so we have just purchased a ware hive. Oh, cool. Um, because we have two Langstroths because we're very well trained in um, traditional beekeeping. And of course, reading your book has completely made me do a 180 in understanding what oh. is required um, oh. for ourselves as humans to come into right relationship with land which means coming into right relationship with animals, including uh, the consciousness of bees. And so we have a worry hive. We don't have any bees in it yet, but I've put it there you know, going. Don't worry about it. All, it. all you have to do is put the, put the habitat there. And if it's right, they'll find it. Okay, good. It's there. It's ready. Yay. Um, and I'm, I'm excited. My husband's a little skeptical, but I'm excited. <laughs> Um, so while you're, while you're looking for that thing, whatever it is you're looking for, um, one of the, one of the things that I loved, um, and it's actually a Steiner quote that you put in the book, if I can share it. So the consciousness of a beehive, not the individual bees is of a very high nature. Humankind will attain the wisdom of such consciousness in the next major evolutionary stage when human beings will possess the consciousness necessary to construct things with a material they create within themselves. And to me, this really speaks to the animus uh, technology of the three highest conscious uh, uh, chakras in the body of um, the feeling of oneness and of moving as one mind the telepathy and communication through frequency and sound and the knowing of past, present and future. And as humans start to embrace and be curious and play and, and dive into these aspects of ourselves, um, looking to the frequency of bees, understanding bee consciousness, having bees around, interacting with bees, even if you don't interact with bees, planting flowers, for the bees, just that action of that, I feel is going to be a really, it's going to be a prayer to the divine, knowing that the consciousness of bees has an example on earth of what that is, is, you know, a the, possibility. What you're bringing up is, is a wonderful thing too, because bees, they have an imagination, they manifest thought. And they actually create their hive out of their body's substances. So they create wax and they create their home 
which is like a, I mean, there's no other animal that can do that. There's mm -hmm. no other, I, I don't even know how to say it, how to make, you make your home from something that, a substance that comes from within your body, and then you create your home around you. And that wax mm -hmm. is actually uh, given off by the body as a little wax chip, and another bee will come and take it off of one of the bee that's making it and go make it into the comb that's inside the hive. And then their foods are put in there and stored. The babies are, the baby eggs are laid in there. The uh, whole hive takes care of itself from within that. I mean, that's astounding. We, mm -hmm. it would be like we have little 3d printers <laughs> yeah <laughs> because we're like crystallizing the sweat off our bodies yes exactly and then mm -hmm. what that says to me is what, what they're doing is they have a thought like we need to build our home and then immediately creating the substance out of it it's the same process when we have a thought that we we have a thought that we're becoming we're bringing into manifestation you know, how does that happen? How do we create? How do we make something come out of nothing? Mm -hmm. And I've learned a process that the bees taught me how to do, which is um, they were talking to me about, oh God, this gets so far over my knowledge base, talking to me about um, quantum physics, mm -hmm which I have to laugh about. I'm not a quantum physics expert. I had to go look it up on Google to even see mm -hmm. the basics of the knowledge. They were telling, they were sharing something. They were sharing a story with me and I was having a hard time tracking it, going, what mm -hmm. are they talking about? And they were talking about the manifestation of when thought becomes, um, when an idea becomes a thought, becomes an action, becomes uh, something real in the world. Mm -hmm. I was having a difficult time with it saying mm -hmm. it's too, my brain is just a small human brain. <laughs> They're trying to impart this cosmic wisdom to me. They said, think mm -hmm. of it like you have a thought. It's like making a pie. And then you just stick that pie over there and you just leave it. Let it just bake like a pie. Let it manifest on its own. And what I came to understand that means is that I'll get a thought. And I, or, or I have a question and I'm trying to figure out what is the answer to this question? And I go, oh no, it's like, put all I know of, of this idea into this thought and take that thought and stick it up there where it bakes like a pie and you mm -hmm. don't have to do anything to it. You don't do it, pay any attention to it whatsoever until it's done. And then you go, oh, the pie is done and something will happen and something. And the answer will be there. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I know you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Keep going. I'm loving it. <laughs> it's, it's that that thought, you know, I think of, I'd like to talk about this with you because I don't usually cover this when I do a talk because most of these people who are more interested in the bees themselves, but I'm also interested in, you know, why did I get picked to impart this wisdom to the world? It isn't that... Mm -hmm. uh, it just came to me, but I think of it a lot like that little wisdom of, you know, you have a thought and then you put it over here and it bakes like a pie and then it manifests and then it's done. And then you mm -hmm. bring it into the, it's come into the world. Um, mm -hmm. I think of why, why did this wisdom come to me? I'm just a normal person. 
I didn't have mm -hmm. a thing. I didn't have a thing with this before. I didn't have a relationship with these. I didn't know this knowledge. But I have been visited sometimes by thoughts that come out of creation. And I go, mm -hmm. oh, that's funny. That's a piece of information that I didn't know before. And now mm -hmm. I And what I believe happened was with the bees, when they started talking to me, I had been committed for a few years to this one thought, which was, I'm called to be with bees, but I know nothing about bees. And at the time, this is 20 years ago, there was no, you couldn't Google it. You could, <laughs> there were no <laughs> Zoom rooms like we're doing right now. It was uh -huh. just, it was pretty flat wisdom about, it wasn't wisdom. It was just the way people treated bees was pretty mm -hmm. much as a production. I have bees because I want oh. them. And yeah, didn't have the relationship with it. And then I started yeah. getting this information coming to me. I think it happened because I stood in front of the bees and said, I went to bee school and I learned all these things. And I thought, I will never be doing that. Oh no, that's so disrespectful to bees. I can't do everything I learned was, I just kept checking off a list going, won't be doing that one. Nope. That one seems a little mm -hmm. rude. No, that one is definitely rude. Um, right. It just seemed wrong. And I yeah. stood in front of the bees next to their hive and I said, I want to care for you. I want to, I'm sincere in wanting to bring mm -hmm. a fullness to your life in any part, way that I can help. But you have to tell me because I can't find that information mm -hmm. out in the world that I'm living in. You mm -hmm. have to know. I did that for six years. Mm -hmm. Six years. And I, I just continually ask them saying, I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying to figure this out on my own. I'll do anything that you tell me, but you're going to have to tell me. I did that out of frustration. You know, me yep. saying, you have to tell me the information. I never expected that they would actually speak to me. Answer. And yeah. I went six years of, you know, committed to this thing. And the only, the reason I did that was because I had nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make their life lives better, but I didn't know how mm -hmm. to do it. So the only thing to do yeah. was turn to them and say, I want to help, but you have to tell me how to help. Please let me help you and show me what to do. And then mm -hmm. one morning I woke up and there was a voice in my mind say, explaining something. It was, I think it was explaining something about the drones and I have a book next to the bed and I just wrote it down and went, I woke up my husband and said, I just got this really interesting information. And it was something about bees that I never have known before. And I've never read it in anything about bees. And mm -hmm. isn't that curious? And then the next morning it happened again. And I mm -hmm. just, that moment between sleeping and waking. And yep. it was just. The fader. Yes. The fader brainwaves. Yeah. Yep. I mean, as a, a, clearly you're a medium, right? And clearly you have the, the refined frequency to be able to pick up on the transmissions of consciousness because the bees are just a manifestation of the of a bandwidth of consciousness. They are, they're a physical embodiment of a, of a bandwidth, like a radio station. And when you tune to that bandwidth, then you embody the wisdom, not intellectually, but right through directly through the heart into the higher mind, because that's what the heart is, is the higher mind. But it's so beautiful because those, we would call it a dharma, which means right relationship to the moment, 
those dharmas have to come through feeling the discontent or the frustration with the mundane mind and the mundane reality and then surrendering and humbling yourself to the to the non-knowingness and asking key is to ask the divine cannot help but fulfill that wish it's very similar to me wanting a child i had to humble myself and ask for help and and be wanting to do whatever it took and the frequency of the bandwidth of the bees was the answer to rebalancing my experience so that i could actually become a mama but it's it's just so beautiful to One read in in their own words to have you like embody this level of consciousness before your time but we're ready now right i think and what you're saying too thank is you. But what you're saying too is that that i realized was so important was the con the the commitment to the continuity i had to do it over and over and over and i did it yeah. for six years like you got to be committed an answer just mm -hmm. but making a commitment to practicing it over and over and over and over and then one day the world changed one day mm -hmm. it opened up to me and i think there was a it's like like the bees were watching me saying, yep, she's going to stick with it. And is she I, real? Does she really mean it? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the part in the beginning, I think, where a lot of people, I tried yes, it for, sir. I did it for a year and nothing happened. You know, I did it for six years. Yeah. Every the sincerity day. of the heart. Yes. And they feel that and they know that. And there's yeah. an acknowledgement that, you know, she's, I'm going to do it. And I, I remember in that questing, you know, that I would, kind of daydream a little bit and I think and I meant this really sincerely you know if I could find out this information that would make our relationship with humans and bees better I could bring it to the world I could do that and I think I started teaching bee classes by that time and some of it was half formed but I would say well there's this way to do it and this way to do it but this is stuff that I've been thinking about and it seems like mm -hmm. it's always being in service. It's always being in right relationship, always being respectful, but having the continuity to do it again and again with no results for years <laughs> mm -hmm. until one yeah. day. And that's faith. You've got to have that foundation of faith. Yeah. It's You are literally like the textbook yogi. <laughs> of of somebody who's who's been able to go through all the different stages of consciousness into the dharma or the right relationship to the moment for your mission for your potential of bringing this bandwidth of consciousness into a relatable way if you start talking to people about their frequency of mind you lose them real quick but if you tell them stories about the bees they're captivated but they're getting the same frequency download yeah of what is possible and i think you you're being seen from the other side too like are you someone who commits to something and does what she says she's going to do mm -hmm. you know there's that repeatedly going i'm not sure if i'm doing this right even but i'm going to mm -hmm. give it a go and i said that i would do this therefore i'm going to show up and do it I'm again i'm going to do it and yeah there's there's something that Mm, something happens on the other side that, that says 
yeah, she's going to do what she says she does. I think so mm -hmm. many times in our our planetary relationships with our earth relationships with other animals and humans and beings and insects and plants and everything, we we forget we forget to be respectful. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm so sorry, my husband's picking that up. Okay. <laughs> I, I had a similar or oh, I'm in the midst of a similar experience and just the Coles notes of it in that um, our two dogs went missing in 2000, like the spring of 2019 and they went missing and we went like had to drive back like 30 minutes uh, mm -hmm. every day uh, out into the back of 3 million crown acres of nothingness uh, in the Purcell mountains to try and find them. Uh, it was a four month old puppy and her mom. And I was just beside myself. Finally, um, I got to that point of frustration where I'm like, you tell me that we're all one. You tell me we're interconnected. You tell me that the birds and the trees and everything is actually one living organism that can communicate. Um, then you can find my dogs. <laughs> and and I need them to come home. And I got like the ugly tears, like the fierce, like frustration, anger, rage, ugly tears thing happening of, of just desperation. And I took all my tears from my face and I rubbed it down the bark of a, like a hundred year old ponderosa pine and said, help. And I got the clearest message. We will find your dogs, but you have to write our story. And I'm like, I'm not a writer. I don't, I, I've written one book, but I'm not a novelist. I can't, you know, write a story. And it was like, you write our story. We will find your dogs. And within and something in what you feel that's important to that story, you have to find that place in order to write the story. So I get what you're saying yeah. as things come together. Yeah. And so I'm, it's, I'm on my, my second draft, third draft of it and I'm hoping to have it finished by December and it's it's called Land's Breath and it's it's the story of the trees and how they're holding the, and embodying the consciousness and how humans interact and yoga ecology and and how coming into right relationship with the land is actually coming into right relationship with ourselves and um yeah so that point of frustration and the emotion and the dedication and the integrity of following through the divine will constantly match, you know, and it's humbling. Yes, the answers come through. And yeah, I mean, yes. Sometimes I've had to make arrangements where I've said, please don't do this in the middle of the night when I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a good scribe at 3 a.m. I'm a real right. scribe at 6 a.m. Right. And I put information out there like that and said, you know, because I'm, I'm calm in the middle of the night. And I think there was sometimes when that information would want to come through, like, oh, good. She's got extraneous thought has left her being right now. We could go fill right. something in. And it's like, you yeah. know, you, you can actually have a discussion with it and say, if you want me to be a good scribe, how about when I'm at least a little bit awake? That yeah, I could yeah, <laughs> yeah. Optimal between six and eight. <laughs> um, so there's this, so the medicine of addition, and again, I mentioned this before, that it is incredibly a, a part of the yogic teachings 
of this concept of medical of medicine as an addition. And if I can just take a moment to read this paragraph because it's gold. Um, humans will eventually begin to use scent more to heal their bodies and minds. Again, this is the medicine by addition rather than subtraction. Subtractive medicine seeks to kill an organism or a relationship, but it often has delirious side effects that further unbalance the organism's health. Medicine by addition restores balance by completing relationships like keys and locks. In its highest state, medicine by addition further opens beings to optimal states, creating evolutionary expansions that re resolve past weaknesses. These advances include the physical states, of course, but they also direct us towards advanced and enhanced intellectual, emotional, perceptual states that often combine and overlap new abilities. When humans begin participating in medicine by addition, they will strengthen their systems and increase their sensitivity, vitality, and perceptual abilities, which sets up the conditions through which evolutionary progression occurs. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I was almost like jumping when I was like reading this going, they see. <laughs> yes, she said it. They said it. Yeah. So this point of like disease being the shadow, people are like trying to eradicate the shadow instead of turning on the light. Yeah. You know, and when we turn on the light, the shadow has no choice. So when we can orientate ourselves to coming into a higher frequency and then training out of the frequency of dis-ease, mm -hmm. then health and, and evolution is, you know, it's, it's a, it's going to happen. It has to happen. It can't not happen. When that and... information came through, I remember it was about the scent inside the home they live in, inside the hive. They bring in the, mm -hmm. propolis. the propolis is um, a combination of essential oils and waxes and um, oil uh, fluids that come from like cottonwood trees. You know what cottonwood mm -hmm. trees smell like? Or, oh yeah, I have cottonwood or, oil, yeah. Yeah, or cedar and, and different, but they make up this sticky substance that is used inside the hive as a, as a glue, but it's also used as a medicine. It's the medicine mm -hmm. that they're, they actually live in this essential oil, but it's one that they choose that's made specifically for this particular hive in this particular environment. It wow. doesn't mean you need something from Asia to mix in. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be mm -hmm. an exotic. There's something local, right? And you're mm -hmm. reading sweetgrass, and I'm sure she's going to cover something about that in there. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've, it's, it's part of our reading. I've read it many yeah. times. Yeah. The, the um, importance of where you live, the locale where you live, the substance that heals you is already there. You don't have to go mm -hmm. off looking in exotic places for something that's going to cure cancer and came from South America. It's mm -hmm. here right now in your, and it's interesting because the substances, my girlfriend, Susan lives about 10 miles as the crow flies, it takes me a half an hour to get to her house, but 10 miles as the crow flies. And her, um, her propolis is this deep, rich green color. Really? Yeah, I live 10 miles away and mine is this rich red um, maroon color. So ah. the substance that she needs for that her bees live in health 10 miles away. 
is completely right. different than the completely substance different. of the Yeah, but you've got to have ears to listen to what the frequency is that is required. Yep. And it's like they said, you know, it's like putting a, a key into a lock. You mm -hmm. put you mix that together and it goes, oh, and yeah. something fills you and says, Yes, this is right. This is right. And it comes into you and you're changed by it coming into you. Mm -hmm. And I think of that as representative on so many different layers of meaning. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's one spot here um, because we have uh, an acreage at the ashram here. And uh, at this time of year, is, as it's starting to get warmer, I'll be walking through the forest or walking up the driveway and suddenly I'll be hit with just this cloud <sighs> of, um, of fragrance from the ponderosa pines. Yeah. And it's not a pine scent, it's a vanilla scent. And yeah. and I'll be walking up the hill and then I get hit and I'm like backtracking. I'm like like <laughs> like, like 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 a dog trying to like where, where is it? Where is it? Where's the cloud? Like where is this cloud right there? And I just stand there and just breathe as deeply as possible in gratitude for hearing the song of that tree. And I say hearing, but it's hearing through my nose, but it's feeling you know, that moment in time where there's a communication coming from the tree that I have happened to listen to as I've, as I've gone through. And I understand I'm, I'm mixing all the senses, but it's not a linear sense experience. Oh, it's, 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 a, coming, it's coming to you too, because I have a thing right now, I sleep with the window open and sometime in the middle of the night, there's a scent that emerges that just wakes me up with just, oh, just the breath of that that scent. I don't know which tree it is somewhere here, but it, it's that's the time when it emits its vibration. And it wakes mm -hmm. me up just long enough to go. And then I fall back Thank to sleep. You. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, this life living so close to Ma as land, um, with bees, with the trees, with the birds, uh, the treasure hunt that is right here, right now, this moment mm. is, is unbelievable, is absolutely un unbelievable. It's, it's worth living for yeah. to live in this, in this way. It completely changes the reality of, you know, the moment. Yeah. So thank you for being oh, yeah. the scribe at 3 a.m., 6 a.m. <laughs> uh, this, this has been great. Oh, what a oh, wonderful this has been with you. I am, I am just so thrilled to have been able to make contact. And I, I just want you to know that we've literally taken these words to heart and the ashram will be implementing as much as we possibly can um, in good faith to to the bees and there's there's so many things that need to be unraveled so many things that our hives here at the moment um have experienced like pollen patties and 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 the the mite stuff and you know all of these things that they've been um subjected to yeah there's good solutions to that too you might want to pick up my second book which is called what bees want read it about got it yeah, yeah, about it. Practical part of, and how do you then put this into practice? So, yeah, but how do they know? Like, so, so this is my year. This year is I've said to them, here's a worry hive. 
gonna, we're going to shift our practices. I want to support you. I want to be in service to you. Let me know what's needed. And we're just going to try and, and start knowing that, you know, maybe the hives aren't, you know, calibrated or strong enough, or if there's been too hot or too, you know, when the pips are born. And so their brains don't quite have that bandwidth of, you know, I don't know, it's an experiment, but we're here for it. And I want you to know that it's changing lives. And I think that's part of it. You know, you get tested by, are you paying attention? You know, I did not Mm -hmm. do everything right from the start. Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. Made a lot of mistakes, still have ones that I kind of go, just forgive it and move on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because I knew everything when I started, I I was doing the best I could. And we've come now it's been 20 years and we've come to this place where I go, this is wonderful. Now, this is like, Mm -hmm. I feel such a commitment to this knowledge and it's come through in a, in a wonderful Mm way. And Mm -hmm. it's taught me too, how to, um, how to accept what happens without blaming or getting upset, just accept what happens. And it's all in its own path of goodness. Beautiful. Well, thank you again. And it's been a real honor to to chat with you. Love this talk. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Take care. Thank you for joining us in our Solace and Shine podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share it. We would love to hear what inspired you. And if you have any questions or topics that you would like for us to explore, please leave a note in the comments. Also, if you would like a daily dose of connection and raising of your frequency, join us on We Are, our online community. You can find the link in the podcast description. Follow the link and you will receive two weeks for free. See you soon. And don't forget, soften and expand.